some brown, don't get caught in the mosh pit. The fuel to the fire, ain't nobody can stop it. The trouble in my city, but you know I'm across it. Got a 40 on my hip, and I'm liable to spark it. Throw down these hits, my click is indivisible. I aim you duck, I squeeze, now you invisible. I'm not afraid of getting physical. All these different chemicals are fucking up my visual. Bloods on my hands, got slugs on my gunners. Yeah, we notorious, we ain't no runners. Bloods on my hands, got slugs on my gunners. Yeah, we some warriors, they ain't called punters. Bloods on my hands, got slugs on my gunners. Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Roommates Podcast. Hello. How are we all doing today? So good. So uh-huh. good. That was a weird wow. song. It's one of the new ones on NCS, but a uh, little little rappy and a little... A little uh, Bollywood. Bo- <laughs> yeah, a little, <laughs> little craziness happening there. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I love how it just went straight into the drop of just... Uh, you know, transformer we, robot are, noise. Are we just do we just play like random whatever sounds good when we're starting up the podcast? Uh, I play whatever's latest with NCS. Yeah. Say so eventually we should maybe like find a theme, like some intro. That's what stuff. I said. I think it'd be a good idea to do that. Yeah, I want I want to find us a theme, but it's either we got to write it or we got to find one that we want to ride or die with. So yeah. I don't know. I was doing this one during it. What, turn in the butter. Turn in the butter. Yes. The, uh, All right then. The the pre live dance moves. Yes. We got a loaded show today. We got uh, a bunch of stuff to go oh, over. Oh yeah! Get ready to listen to our Stupidity. mouths run. One of my favorite topics of the day is uh, got to be the uh, the girl in love with the seven thirty seven, which we will get into. Um, and uh, that all kind of stems off of the whole consent post that was on Twitter. Oh <laughs> <We got> yeah. <laughs> But we got a lot of stuff to cover. We got uh, opinions cover. Yes. today. We got opinions today, and it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a loaded show. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, we were watching a Phantom of the Opera. What what made you turn that on? Yeah, I was watching Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, with Dave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave was watching it. I know we were watching that, and um, they were singing Masquerade from Phantom of the Opera. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen Phantom of the Opera in, like, over 10 years. So I put it on. And, Jeff, you've never seen Phantom of the Opera, right? I've seen bits and pieces of the 1989 version, not the 2004 one that you okay. has Fiona from uh, Shameless. Yeah, Emmy Rossum. Yeah. And, uh, which Dave said that apparently people were pissed when that came out because they didn't think she was good looking enough, which I find kind mm. of ridiculous. Yes. People were complaining that she wasn't as pretty as the character is supposed to be, that people i remember because i was shocked that they pisses were, me off so bad they, like how can you girl. tear her apart she's fucking hot mm-hmm. like i feel like in the office with hillary Sw- hillary swank is hot if you're saying <laughs> hillary swank is not hot you're saying i'm not hot <laughs> you cannot say emmy rosin's not hot sorry that's true yes 
but pe- apparently people thought that. So anyway, you know the theme of fa- like what I've always known as the theme of Phantom of the Opera. Ba 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 ba. Ba 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 ba. Like that's Phantom of the Opera for me. Yeah. Jeff is listening to it as like the world's biggest Pink Floyd fan that I've ever known. Yes. And he goes, "They stole that from Echoes from Pink Floyd." And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about, but this is the Phantom of the Opera." So And I was like, well, "Which version <laughs> is this? this is the 04 one?" So this is an Andrew Lloyd Webber uh version. But it was a remake of the 1989 Andrew Lloyd Webber Phantom of the Opera. And uh, Echoes from Pink Floyd came out in 1971. So when this all occurred last night, it's like, you know what? I'm going to Google this because I'm really not. I don't know. And there was a huge, huge uh, feud between Andrew Lloyd Webber and Pink Floyd about it. And um, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd uh, he said that it wasn't worth taking the time to sue him. Basically, there was like, we could sue you, but it's you're you're not worth it. So whatever, have echoes and use it in your Phantom of the Opera. We don't care. That's basically was was the bottom line. And Nicole had never heard the song before, so I played it. For First you. of all, it's a twenty minute song. It's a twenty minute song by it's Pink Floyd. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's got in since it uses that exact like twelve eight time signature. It uses the same uh, chord progression. Oh, it was a complete ripoff. Complete ripoff. Oh, uh-huh. as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. Even I was upset. As a fan of Phantom of the Opera, I was upset. I was like, they completely ripped Pink Floyd off bad. Now, it could be you could you could play devil's advocate and you could say that, you know, anybody could come up with such a easy riff of just dun, 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 and then back down again. Uh, and maybe it was just like, you know, it, it was a coincidence. Yeah, but it's not just the notes like ba 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 ba. It's the everything. same progression of it. It's like da 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 da. Like, yes. it's so bad. Oh, it was so bad. But and, yep. uh, the guy who did the 89 version, who was the. Andrew Lloyd Webber. It was. Yep, same well, guy. He, he didn't do the 2004 one, too. Um, yeah, he did. Are you sure? I don't think Not so. Not 100% sure. I don't, the music. I, they I use the same music, they, same score. They use the same score, but it, I think it was a different director and everything. No, but I looked it up because it, when I looked it up to see what the soundtrack was in 04, it said Andrew Lloyd Webber. So I think they just used the same score. Okay, so he was the like the maestro of it then. Mm. He was the composer. He wasn't the director. I'm pretty sure he does both. Well, he didn't direct the 2004 one is what I'm okay, saying. Gotcha. I know that for a fact. We could fact check but it, but I'm not sure. The 89 <laughs> one, I will say this. Whoever directed that or was in charge of that project had no issue ripping things off because the poster for the 89 Phantom of the Opera has Robert England on it. Like as because he played fan, the Phantom yes. in the 89 version. And that made me like cringe <laughs> because I'm a huge Robert England fan because I'm a horror fan. Yeah. And he's he's Freddy. Like iconically, he's Freddy. So the poster for Phantom of the Opera has Robert England and it says he was Freddy. Now he's the Phantom of the Opera. And I was like, (laughs) I cannot believe this. That might have been an alternate uh, poster. You know, they they do that. I'm I'm sure. sure. But when you look. When you look up on IMDb, Phantom of the Opera 89, that is the poster for it. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I've never seen the 89 version, and I kind of don't want to now. Yeah. Did you find some facts, Dave, for us? Um, I am looking up 
to see what our issue is with YouTube currently. So we're having some technical difficulties on the YouTube side for the second week in a row. I don't know what YouTube is doing to us, but I, I'm trying to sort that. I'm wondering if it's the, the, the driver issue, the NVIDIA driver issue. With it, just not sending it out. I don't get it. It's not, I don't believe it's a driver issue. I think uh, YouTube's retaliating against us using a multi-streaming service. So, oh, yeah. Um, it it's concerning. So I'm trying to figure out because it says we're live. It says that we have a single viewer currently. Uh, but when I go to our page, it doesn't show anything. So I'm very confused what's happening. Yeah, it's yeah. live on Twitch, though. I do see that. On this yes. week's section of technical difficulties. Yes. <laughs> There's <laughs> always, always something. It is always something. We we um, did a single test last week that worked. And then since then, yeah, it d- seems like show us live they're on. just rejecting us. Yeah. Well, maybe it's time to uh, take off the training wheels and move. You got, you got to pick, yeah, a service, um, either YouTube or, or Twitch. But I'm an, I personally think that YouTube's the way to go with it. I I would agree with that. Um, sorry, no, no nothing against Twitch. I just don't. <laughs> I just know the platform, and it's very very difficult to to do what we want to do with it. Um, but yeah, if they if they're retaliating against that, I can understand why. Yeah. So I know I know it's a terms of service contract breach on my end with Twitch. If I try to do something like that, they'd be like, oh, no, you don't. Not only did you violate that, but you lose your channel. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that I don't believe we're under any form of terms of service currently for either platform. Yeah. But no, we're not. I know that. I, I think we we might have to go all in on YouTube from here on. I agree 100% with that. I knew I smelt it. What happened? Oh, lovely. Yeah, we've been having an issue with the dogs. They're Uh, sick. They're sick, and they've been... Shitting everywhere, basically. everywhere. (laughs) I was sitting here. I'm like, I just showered before I went to bed. Oh, my. Yeah. That's right there. The... um, It's It's been pretty nonstop uh, the last two nights with um, Apollo... um, going nuts down here because he's had to he's had diarrhea pretty much said and we had to let him outside and he was just running around constantly <laughs> shitting the whole time and i know he is because you see his tail goes out and then it, go, it goes up and then over and he's just like hunched down oh my oh, god wow yeah our house is full of shit <laughs> was that tim robbins uh, or uh, not tim robbins maybe that's his name with uh i think you should leave on netflix Oh. He's from Tim and Eric. I forget his last name. I think it's Robbins. Uh, or Robinson. Tim Robinson, maybe. So, maybe. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know that, that sketch where he's like, <laughs> this house is full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in shit. Oh. That for now so I can finish the podcast. No problem. And I'll go on a shit hunt around the house, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so that's been, that's been a nonstop uh, issue. Issue. So yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. I think they have like the flu. They haven't eaten anything weird. Benny and, and Apollo eat different foods than each other. And they're both sick. So I think they, they have like dog flu. Oh. Yes. Poor puppers. I know. It really does suck. There's nothing nothing they can do. <laughs> Uh, but we got off tangent with the with the whole thing. But the bottom line was that you know, yeah, Google it and check it out. I th- I would found it very very interesting that um, there was a feud between those two over that song. You know what though, 
you'd be surprised, I think, at how many times music is ripped off, like very blatantly ripped oh, off. Oh, God, yeah. And I think sometimes people do it on accident. Like they'll mm-hmm. subconsciously hear, like they'll be like, oh, I have this in my head. And they'll put it down, not even knowing that it is in their head because they heard it somewhere. You right. know, I think that happens a lot. And yeah, yeah we saying that too. We discussed that last night. Uh, so I was, there was some band that uh, years ago, I don't remember who it was, but they put a song out and people were accusing them of stealing someone's style. And the singer came out later and he was like, no, I love that band. He's like, I listened to them nonstop on my iPad yeah. while we or iPod at the time yep. while we were in the studio. And he's like, I guess it carried over. <laughs> and uh, from what I've heard, that happens to musicians. They like they're trying to get inspired while writing and all this. And they're listening to the stuff they like. But sometimes it subconsciously regurgitates out into their work. Yeah. Maybe Andrew Lloyd Webber was just like having a joint, listening to some Pink Floyd, laying back. <laughs> and it's like, man, this just makes sense. Well, and then after how- hearing Echoes for the first time <laughs> last night. That's a song I kind of want to have a joint and sit around for 20 minutes listening to. There's like a 10 minute guitar solo in there. Yep. And then the middle part has a bridge. And it's interesting because there's a part in there that uh, is um, very, very, very similar to what in Phantom of the Opera is another one of their songs. <laughs> one of those uh, the, the preludes to yeah. whatever. But we've, we've kind of can convinced ourselves that Phantom Opera is just basically two songs just kind of thrown around the entire time. Yes. They only use two melodies for the most part. Well, and in Hollywood, when it's a big budget movie that they predict is going to make, you know, a billion dollars, and they've been, there's been studios on record saying that, yeah, no, we'll just do what we want and we'll take care of it in the court. Like if there's a song they want and they can't figure out how to arrange it before the movie comes out, they're going to put it in the movie no matter what. Yeah, it's gotta and go. Then, <laughs> and then if you try and sue them, they'll settle. They don't care. Yeah. So, um, which w- then got us to the point of like the new cats coming out, and I was like, if you're gonna see cats, take the time to watch the '90s version yeah. of it. If you want to see cats, watch the <laughs> '90s version of it before you watch this new one that's coming out. CGI monstrosity. I'm gonna you wait guys for it keep to come saying out the new on one's Prime. gonna be just an abomination, <sighs> and I'm excited. I saw Jennifer Hudson in CGI cat form, and I was like, "Yeah, it's I'm so, on board." It's so creepy because it went from a Broadway kind of thing, and and that's what I liked about the 2004 Phantom of the Opera. It's still very Broadway-ish. Oh yeah, for sure. This is gonna be taking it completely out of the Broadway spectrum. But I think they did that because of people like me. Like, they just don't care. They, they made it for me. No, <laughs> but they, I think they did it because our like a lot of people in this generation haven't seen or aren't cultured in Broadway musicals. That's true. So they're like, okay, how do we take a Broadway musical, like a classic one like Cats, which I've like I said I've never seen, and make it modern and make it relevant to the people who aren't into Broadway? Right. Because the soundtrack alone is great. Like uh, Wicked. Didn't they do something like that with Wicked? They I like redid so. it, but did they keep it Broadway? I never saw Wicked either. W- Wicked is just a Broadway thing. They've never made a movie. Um, I I liked Wicked when I saw it. I Like if they made a movie, I would watch it, but it has not been made a movie. It's one mm-hmm. of the most requested musicals, though, and for some reason Hollywood won't do it. Hmm. Well, I mean... Regardless, too long didn't read with the fan of the operas. Jesus, watch I know. We're Beauty still and talking the Beast. About this. Watch Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> too long didn't L- read. Watch Beauty and the Beast. Listen to Echoes and watch <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. That's yes. so true. That is what you should take from that. Yes, watch Beauty and the Beast. Save your time. 
but with cats, I'm not like a hipster about cats. I, I don't care. Like I've seen it a couple times in my entire life, but I'm like, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll see the new, the new one. Ones? I'll wait for it to hit Amazon Prime and I'll watch it. <laughs> I uh, right. got back from Charlotte, so I did the Charlotte run. Um, that was a 24-hour blur, uh, and I can try to recap it the best I can. So I was given an opportunity to go up to Charlotte uh, and uh, do, a dri- do the driver's introductions for their eSports, the NASCAR Heat eSports Pro League. Um, and I got there, and... Uh, and they were just like, oh, you're going to do driver's introductions. I was like, okay, I, I guess that's going to be like, you know, starting row number two, blah, 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 during a graphic on the screen. And they're like, no, it's like you're doing an introduction, like driver's introductions if you go to a, like an actual race. So it had like a stage and all the lights and all the, it had the smoke. and It looked it was, super fancy. It was super fancy. And it was NASCAR Productions who does all of their, na- their production stuff. So they go on the road and they do the races. They do um, sports locally and stuff. Um, so it was a really professional team of people uh, in a control room that would blow your mind. It was just like everything was TV cameras and this, and they had directors shouting at each other. And <laughs> it's great because out there it's like calm, or not kind of calm. And then in there, if you go in the production room, you just hear like, fuck, go now, god damn it, missed it, go anyway, do it now, now, <laughs> screaming at each other. Um, but they're like tight-knit group of people that work together and... Highly, highly professional. So I got there and I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm working with the the, the announcers and they were talking about some things. And then um, I was like, all right, I'll start writing my own notes down because I don't want to screw this up. And then later on, they're like, oh, no, we have cards for you. Here's your cards and here's all this. Uh, bottom of the line, awesome experience to do that. That was really, really, really cool. Um and you've been cutting back on your alcohol intake in solidarity mm. with me, which I appreciate. Absolutely have been way, way down on my alcohol intake. Uh, and when I was there, beer was everywhere. Like you could just have it whenever you wanted it. And um, was really, really cool was uh, Chad Knauss, one of the, he was the crew chief, or he is, he used to be the crew chief for uh, Jimmy Johnson and NASCAR. Now he's with uh, William Byron. Uh, he was uh, there as a guest as well. And he was having a beer, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna have a beer too. So, he's having a beer, and he was he's a super nice guy, really nice um, dude. And so we're all having beers, and I'm like, well, of course that leads to another one or whatever. And then the after party started happening, um, and we went to a karaoke bar, and I had drinks there. Needless to say, it was the worst hangover of my life. The next day, I just woke up and just threw up, and then just couldn't stop. And the most embarrassing part was going to the airport in a uh, lift and then having them pull, pull over so I could throw. <laughs> Good I, Lord. I wow. was, I was doing fine. Like I, I fell asleep out on a chair in this little like circle in front of the, uh, the hotel. It was like, you know, in the afternoon I was just napping in a chair, like an absolute piece of shit. Uh, and they came to pick me up and then we went around the corner. I was like, Oh, this isn't going to be a good ride to the airport. This isn't going <laughs> to be good at all. But I actually came back to life over coconut water which I don't know why I was like at one of those little kiosk things. And I was like, coconut water just sounds good right now. So I had it and it actually, I Googled it and coconut water is like a huge, like some people swear by it for hangover relief. Yeah. It's got a lot of sugar in it and it's also hydrating. So that makes sense. But yeah, and it has stuff that's in your blood. 
So <laughs> stuff that's in your blood. Stuff that's in your blood. It's yeah. got the hemoglobins. The hemoglobins. <laughs> hemoglobins. Hemoglobins. So that was a lot of fun. It was a good. It was a good trip. Um, but it made me go. I really don't like the hangover. That it's not worth the amount. It's not worth drinking. The lately. So <clears throat> I've had one night where I had some drinks since we've been back from St. Louis. And that was when we went to Palm Beach and I had four beers, I think. So it wasn't yeah. even enough that I was hung over the next day because I drank plenty of water and I uh, haven't had anything since. But, man, I do not miss being hung over at all. Like that feeling when you wake up and you're no. like, my whole day is fucked. Yeah. It, it is. And we were like drinking so like so often that we were like. It's just this is just how life is. You just Jeff's bedside you, table of ibuprofen and Tums. Yeah, you have Tums, ibuprofen. <laughs> you don't shit right at all. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. That's like that comedian that was saying, uh, it's like, I didn't know that you just, you know, didn't have diarrhea every day. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. But alcohol just it, it's just such poison. And whenever like I was like, it's not even worth it. A lot of times anymore, it's not worth it. No, and now I feel like as a group, like collectively, uh, we've all gotten to the point where I feel like we're all the healthiest. Yeah. We've been in a long time. Like, dudes with not drinking anymore, and or at least like almost never, rarely, if ever. Yeah. And same. And I've been very strictly back on paleo. We had to take Dave clothes shopping the other day because all of yeah. his clothes i was like i can't stand to look at you in <laughs> these like trash bags anymore yeah he's swimming in his clothes his old yeah, clothes this yeah this dude is wearing a new shirt yeah. got got this the other day he went and did adult things and got some new <laughs> some new attire to fit his new slender bod how uh how how many pounds are you down now doesn't i don't i don't weigh myself i know uh, we true. need to weigh you i want to know but for okay so i know every shirt brand does their sizing different right but whenever I would go shopping, I would always buy extra large. Mm-hmm. I would I just buy extra large. I order extra large. So for this shirt, I grabbed an extra large, and Nicole was like, "No, no, you're doing that wrong." And I was like, "Well, okay, I'll gr- grab the large." She's like, "I think you need a medium." And I was like, There's "There no is way. no way, <laughs> no way, I will ever fit in a medium." This is a medium. Yeah, Dave so. fits in a medium shirt now. That's, I mean, that's that's incredible. And uh, that just comes down to our forced diet on Dave, which is he's learned the ways of how we live, which is basically um, intermittent fasting where you just eat once a day. Actually, I was telling them that last night. Um, I found a subreddit called OMAD, which is one meal a day. And there are a lot of people who've shown substantial weight loss and, and like physical changes because they've switched to doing one meal a day, which is basically intermittent fasting. Yeah. Um, you give your body this amount of time to deal with food, and then the rest is basically a fast. So, which is basically what you two always do now. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never, and me and Dave have been friends eight years. You've known Dave a long time. I've never yeah. seen Dave this no, size. No, you, you would eat probably, what, how many times a day? Three times? You have breakfast? I mean, lunch and uh, i've never been a breakfast person uh well, qt i mean like at the the quick trips well no yeah that's true so uh more recently and when we lived in st louis like the last few years yeah i would stop and get like something for breakfast but for the most part i usually wasn't a breakfast person i looked forward more to lunch I and then coffee so i would have lunch and dinner 
And it was more of I started eating breakfast just because I was trying to get more energy. But also that was because I wasn't sleeping a lot and I would drink on random weekdays. So like trying to get a, you know, less alcohol, more sleep. It makes it to where, yeah, like you're not just shoving calories in your mouth. So you have some sort of energy in the morning. Yeah. And uh, I, it was so, it was just like a flip switched in my head when we were in Palm Beach. I was like, I don't want this. I don't want beer anymore. I don't, or I don't want my vape. I didn't want anything outside of like any normal thing. So I, even like soda kind of starting to get to the point where I'm like trying to have more seltzer waters now. And that makes me crabby if I don't have Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I don't. Well, Dave is pretty normal lately. Like yeah. we're all giving up something like Dave has given up booze, which yep. has been like his. I think like I'm not saying we haven't all relied on alcohol at points in our life, but I think I don't think any of us have ever relied on it as heavily as Dave has <laughs> at points in his life. <laughs> so Dave giving that up is very big. And you've given up soda vaping. and vaping. Yeah. And I've given up beer and everything, everything and, right and now. Food. Yeah. Well, I've been doing, I have those paleo protein, which right. are like 23 grams of protein per shake and like one gram of sugar. Well, you were doing what I call crash dieting. You don't, you don't think it, but I mean, when you go from having a normal amount of calories, let's just say a round number of nine to a thousand calories a day, which we were probably having more than that. Or oh, you, you probably well, were having more well than that. over. Well, then you drop down to just four hundred or three fifty, and your body's like, um, "Hey, well, dude." Yeah, but I was doing that as like a fast to try and right. get rid of. I don't know. I call it crash dieting when you, when you just like just go cold turkey, just down the gauntlet we go. Well, that's because I have like. I have a little bit of an issue with food. Like my weight doesn't stay the same very long right. because I love food and I love to eat <laughs> and I love to drink beer. So <laughs> I do too. I, it's just, I, I don't know what happened. It just kind of switched in my brain when we were in Palm beach that I was like, I don't want this stuff anymore. So with, with alcohol, it's one of those things I've noticed personally is that hangovers and all that stuff, it doesn't seem so bad when you, I don't, I'm not going to say drink daily or regularly, but like when there isn't a large break between it, like you're just yeah. kind of used to it. So like when you're hungover, you're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't feel good. But then when you go in a, an extended period and you get that first hangover again, yeah. it is so bad that you almost start reteaching yourself like, I don't like this. It's like <laughs> shock therapy. You're like, yeah. I don't want to do this it again. It's yes. not worth it. And I even told her, I was like, when I went out that night, I had beers, just beer. I didn't have any hard alcohol shots, nothing like that. I had water in between some beers, ate food. It was like a normal like amount of alcohol I would intake on a night out. And it felt like I just like downed an entire fifth of vodka and was just like <laughs> spinning to my bed and then woke up and just threw it all up. Like it was just so catastrophic that I was like, I don't, when we go to, uh, we were just, we were discussing about that when we go to Colorado Springs. We're just gonna have like a brewery day and split a beer and try different beers. And I told him I'll do beer in Colorado as long as it is followed or as long as it is preceded by a hike. <laughs> I was like, we yeah. got to do a hike first, and then we can go to breweries and I'll split some beers with you. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but my point was, I'm really proud of us, like all being really healthy points in in our lives. Yeah. 
and we have what two and a half months before we move back home we're gonna show up looking real okay good. well that's where the pressure <laughs> is because we can't show up looking worse than we left <laughs> so we we gotta look good coming back because we gotta be like well yeah it's that beach life that's what florida does to you yeah totally wasn't a mistake <laughs> no we totally haven't been in rehab for two years <laughs> Uh, say what you will I, I'll miss Florida I liked it oh I'm super happy we moved here and I've loved yeah. our time in Florida I really have I was thinking about that uh, about just traveling I was like man I bet we'll travel and come back we've made friends here like yeah. um, especially in Tampa like I was looking forward to moving to Tampa because we do have friends there yeah um, so uh, to be able to come back and visit I will be really happy yeah, and you'll have a newfound respect for the for living here because we did it, yeah. and what we ne- but we said that from day one when we moved down here. We were like, if uh, if we don't we don't have to stay there forever, and and I think so many people have that mindset. They're like, if you move out of state, well then you're just you got to stay there forever, and now you live there. That's like you can move anywhere you want. <laughs> yeah, my well, <laughs> it, it's kind of I laugh about it. I think it's funny. My mom's worst nightmare was me moving away, meeting a girl. And she's like, you're going to meet a girl. You're going to get married. Girls need to live next to their moms. So if you meet a girl in Florida, you're never going to come home. You're going to stay there till you die. And I was like, you don't know that. First of all, (laughs) I'm a girl. Yeah. And I moved very far away from my mom. (laughs) And I love my mom. I mean, I still call her all the time. But that's not every girl. No. And it's it's a misconception of people that are just kind of set in their ways. Like, because we're just travelers. We can live anywhere. Yeah. That's definitely, I, I think that's something that brings you and me really close together, though. And which I, I could go on a tangent about this, but I won't. But I think that's very <laughs> important in relationships that you have similar backgrounds of growing up. For some reason, like the people that I've dated that have grown up completely different from me, either they're an only child or they're like, oh my God, mama's boys or they're, you know, whatever. It just can't like it. I find myself being like, you just don't understand life where you, you traveled a lot growing up. You guys grew up dirt floor poor. Like we relate on a lot of shit easily because we just were raised very similarly broken homes. If you want to call it that, (laughs) like, like our parents were divorced when we were, you know, close to the same age. So all that stuff really, I think helps uh, in a relationship. Yeah, no, it does for sure. And then we kidnapped Doobie and took him away from his family. <laughs> no, I remember specifically having that conversation. You were like, no, you're not coming. And he's like, well, you don't get a choice. I'm coming along. <laughs> no, it's I said I was going to I decided I was going to move with you guys. And Nicole came to me and was like, I don't think you should. <laughs> and then I was like, no takes backsies. Well, because yeah. I and now like I've been a little more open and like I've opened up a lot about myself in the last couple of years since we've been here. But I've felt very strongly that I wanted to get away from I felt like I had fallen into a role in St. Louis like I'm just this person this is how everybody sees me and this is who I am now and I was really fighting against that it made me not want to be around my friends made me not want to be around my family because I didn't feel like I could be authentic and open about myself so I wanted to get away and I was like well if Dave comes here's Dave like a part of the past and he's gonna be like Nicole, what are you doing with your life? But you didn't. And that was a no. fear of mine with you coming down here was you're my best friend and you judging me or being a dick to me about like <laughs> me wanting to blossom 
into the person I want to be. Uh, and you weren't. You were supportive. And now I'm super happy. I say that all the time now. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I told you I didn't want you to move. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No means no. Originally. I would have probably told me no also. <laughs> you need to have consent when you move with a friend. That's so true. To a different state. Uh, well, she did for a moment. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> then later, I guess, after you thought about it, you're because, like, no, no, don't. I said, oh, That's okay, because I legitimately didn't think he would come. <laughs> Yeah. I thought Dave would back out for sure. I, I was too. like, there's no fucking way Dave is moving to Florida. And then like a month beforehand, Bags he's like, packed. he's packing <laughs> shit and getting rid of stuff and like told his family. After you told your family, I was like, oh, no, like he's actually <laughs> but, moving. And, but I remember that we went out to dinner and uh, and you were like having doubts about that. And I was like, you know what? I know you, there's many, many conversations we've had where you, you were like, you really were looking forward to him, and then you were kind of back and forth about it, about him moving down. And I was like, well, we're not going to know anybody down there. One, you you're, you got to have a support system. Uh, and we all three kind of just made it work. Yep. Moved down there and did it for two years. And we will be moving back very soon. It's, com- it's coming real fast. It, yes. Yeah, like three months almost to the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quick, y'all. Gonna be quick. All right. Do you want to talk about this consent? Yes. Uh, oh, this is hilarious. Conversation. I feel like this is going to be so good. I'm excited. There was a tweet that went out by this guy. Um, I found it because of Chris D'Elia. He, um, he you know, t- responded about it in a comedian way, of course. But there's a guy. His name's Preston Mitchum. I don't know who he is. Um, I know. Probably I'm going to click guy. on it. Him out on the no, air. he's a uh, <laughs> policy director, writer, board co-chair, safe space. So there you go. I, this is part of the Me Too oh, movement. Stuff. Safe spacer. Yes. So safe um, spacer. <laughs> Dave's like, I know of he's these. A, I know what the safe spacers are. Do you, how do you not know? <laughs> he says, let's be clear. The fact that many men aren't checking in with their sexual partners during intercourse to ensure consent is continuous means they are selfish likely violated consent and bad at sex just thought you should know you know if you're gonna drop a nugget like that on twitter don't you can't just be like just thought you should know that you're bad at sex because you don't check in with your partner every few seconds asking them if you still have consent during those like if somebody said 40 seconds um if you're gonna drop something like that on twitter you gotta expect backlash oh yeah well the thing is people that post that kind of stuff the, like that ending it with I thought you should know they feel like they are in an in they have an enlightened form of knowledge and like that Dave. other people don't know this so this is my take on <laughs> this you. and this is what I told Jeff where I understand where that came from because I've heard that from other people right um, obviously consent is a big deal obviously yeah. the it, I think we know that at this point with and I understand why people are shoving consent down people's throat is because it's not given enough. I've known that since I was in high school watching those movies on it. The thing is, I think that a lot of people who choose to violate other people, it's not because of them not. It's not because they don't know what consent is. It's because they don't care. Right. So first of all when you're supposed to check in with people's consent, I think it, for me, like I told Jeff, obviously do not <laughs> ask. You don't. Yeah. Don't ask me into <laughs> intimate anything. 
hey, are you okay? Hey, did you change your mind? Because I might then. But you do always reserve the right to, it's your responsibility to speak up and tell your partner if you're uncomfortable with something, if you don't want to do it anymore. I, I think that it's both, both people involved or all people involved, however many people you got in there. I don't know. Yeah. It's everybody's responsibility involved to check in beforehand, make sure everybody is consenting and comfortable, not continuously ask them throughout the act, <laughs> but trust. This is why you shouldn't sleep with people you don't trust yes. or that are stupid. They should speak up if they change their mind and you should respect that. If I say, yeah, you can do this. We can try this thing. And then halfway through, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't want this. My responsibility is to tell you, right. I don't want to do this. And your responsibility to me is to go, I don't want to do this. Okay. I will stop doing this. <laughs> that is how it should be. Not checking in every 45 seconds to make sure that. Yeah, that sounds like having sex with a person that's like just so insecure the entire time. Just like, oh, are you okay? Okay. I'll move the pillow here. Are you okay? If you plan on doing that. You're not having sex with me at all. Get off my here. Just blow sand up my vagina because that's as dry as I will ever be in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't. Don't. Just, uh. Wow. But okay. I think that this tweet is probably more gauged towards people that are out there in the Tinder world uh, looking for hookups and that are dating, essentially. Uh, rather than long-term couples. Well, okay, and this, not, okay, not even a sexual act, but I've been on uh, dates before, and I remember um, talking about this with Dave, at least, but I remember somebody on a first date being like, uh, I would really like consent to kiss you. And I was like, <coughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me I was that. just like, no. That's like a, a thing back in the day. All the cool guys would be like, you never asked to kiss her. You just do it. Yeah, they're all being dragged on Twitter now and on CNN. So <laughs> yeah. you might want to. OK, so I've been on dates before and trying to just kind of like with the, the dating world. I don't even mean necessarily kissing or sex and all that yeah. stuff, but it applies to it. To go to it, TGI Fridays, you need consent. Well, yes, but it's more. I think some people don't know how to read people or how to maybe actually gauge a situation. Yes, because. You can you should be able to pick up on if someone's comfortable around you or if they're having fun. And if it doesn't look like they're having a great time, you shouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to kiss them. And it's like if they look like they've been wanting to get out of there for the last 20 minutes, they don't yeah. want to kiss you. No. Well, Why would you even the, try? The other thing is if you feel the need to ask somebody, first of all, especially if it's involving a sexual act, right? You want to yeah. feel sexy. You want things to be you have to be in the mood to, to get and there. Natural. So. If you're going to straight up ask for consent, you got to find a better way to do it than uh, would you sign this paper before we make out to make sure that just be like check in on the Excel spreadsheet. Say I would like to kiss you. Don't kiss them, just let them know or Yeah. I don't it's not that hard. There's something else I would like to bring up along the lines of this when you right. guys finish your pieces. Oh, I so mean, should I not carry around a seven page NDA in uh, <laughs> consent form for them to fill out? You have well, you don't need anybody here. anyway, so you can carry around whatever you want. It's not going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna, you can sign it yourself. <laughs> uh, well, th it's pre filled out. I Do just, you ask yourself no. for consent? <laughs> that is the true question. I mean, if you really think about it, you are you violating to... yourself? <laughs> You're subconscious and you're conscious. 
mine. So he got so silent. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, am I? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how to respond. <laughs> I wouldn't either. But what were you gonna say? You're so. Mine? Yeah, so along with this, like, what is sexy and what is not, um, there have been a lot of women, I've, it, noticeably more women than men, I'm going to say. I'm sure yeah. there are men who get this, too, and I don't mean to exclude them or diminish that, but a lot of women lately complaining about, like, men hitting on them at a place of work, and they're like, what do I do to stop this? Guys are always hitting on me because I work at a comic book store and I do this or whatever. And it to me, first of all, I've worked in... Like I was a bartender. Yeah. You're going to get hit on behind a bar yeah, of or in, in any line of job where you're, you know, around the opposite sex and people who find you attractive, whatever. Now, you know, everybody was ganging up. As far as I saw, it was like a very heavy percentage of people like wear a wedding ring or do this. It was like this whole like manipulate yourself to make yourself seem less appealing Yeah, to me. I don't know, like, if I hit on anybody, male or female, if they're not interested in me, I fully expect them. This is another thing. What is wrong with people just speaking up and saying, I'm not interested? I don't want, you know, I'm yeah. fine. No, you internalize and then you go to your phone and you write a whole tweet about it. It's ridiculous to me. I think people should speak up if they're not attracted to people and other people respect it. But the problem is we've manipulated the whole system to be we have to play these games with people. You know, oh God, yeah. it, people need if you want to make sure you have consent from people of any form, you need to be more vocal. People need to yes. start speaking up instead of being like, well, I was wearing a wedding ring that should have warded you off. Like, no. That's another thing that uh, was something with, with our relationship was we, um, you know, were not effectively communicating. We talked a lot, but we weren't effectively communicating. And now ever since we like went through the therapy thing and we were we were talking about that stuff, you learn how to actually communicate and it's been wonderful. It's like we don't internalize anything and there's nothing held in a closet somewhere and you're just like, hey, let's bring all the skeletons out. Let's have a party. Well, it's, and in general, people don't know how to communicate. No. Like it, people Especially are now. really bad at it. And that is across the board. No matter what it is, people are generally bad at communicating for some reason. If you're on Tinder to find your long lost love then you probably probably don't know much about any of that. Well, I think even the three of us, since we first moved in together, what, like five years ago, yeah. have gotten better at the way we communicate with each other. And we're people that we know, we're friends. Like, we know each other very well. Yeah. But, and Dave has brought this up before, like, about me. Like, I'm a very straightforward person. When I do share my feelings, they tend to come across as very bl blunt. Yeah. But I also have had the trouble of internalizing things. You know, I either say things and say them very directly and like stab you with them or I bury them deep. Yep. I think we've all gotten better at being less passive aggressive. Oh, God. Know? Yeah. Yes. When we first moved in, we were probably all just absolutely passive aggressive to, oh, every, we, to all of each other. Thinking back the way like the dynamic was with me and you. Oh, we were very passive aggressive. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We, we just we wouldn't say anything to each other. We would just Especially like. Especially when we lived with each other in that house and. Oh, because, yeah, we didn't know how to be roommates. So we were no. figuring it out. And I remember, like, I didn't want dishes in the sink and you would leave dishes in the sink. And I was like, like, do the dishes and, like. 
And now, yep. now you two have buddied up, <laughs> and I'm the mom of the house, and I don't like dishes in the sink, but I just pout about it and wash them. The thing is, like, I've always been a person that if you cl- you clean up the house before you have company over, or whatever, but it's okay for a house to be lived in, like to have a couple dishes in the sink, Mm-mm. to you know not have to have Windex on a coffee table at all times. Like, I just don't have a need for that. Well, see, and the way I was, well, my mom clinically had OCD Mm -hmm. and there were some crazy ass things that she made us do growing up, but my dad was military. So to me, clutter isn't just like, Oh, it's just people live here. Clutter means if you're not taking care of the big stuff that's laying around, you're also not taking care of all the really gross stuff that's happening in the house. Like the sideboards and like behind the toilets and like all the really like deep that people are like, this is deep deep cleaning. Yeah. So I always, especially in a house, the size that we live in now, it's very daunting to me. Like, it's just, I feel like I can never keep it clean. And you're always like, the house looks great. And I'm like, it's disgusting. (laughs) We live in (laughs) film. It's so bad, but we have, it's a lot of clutter, especially like since we've made this studio in here, it's just there's so much stuff here. Well, no, I think a lot of people in cu- like couples or relationships where you live together, you learn that you have to compromise with the other person. Yeah. Like with Jeff, I compromise that I like laundry inside of the basket when it's dirty and he likes it all over the place. Yep. I compromise on that. But when you have roommates, it's different. It's not like I compromise with you because we sleep together. It's like right. I compromise with you because this is also your living space and you have to learn to respect somebody just for who they are and their personal space and like living area, which has been a new thing. Yeah. Well, one thing I can say that I'm very happy with is all of us, the house gets cluttered, but we don't, it's not filth. It's not trash. We don't leave just food bowls laying around. Like there were guys, there were guys I was friends with, like a whole group of them were in a house and they like offered me a roommate spot. I still lived at home. It was like, literally three miles from my parents' house. And I was like, I'm not going to pay 200 a <laughs> month just to live three miles away. In this hellhole. And then when I went there, like, it was disgusting. Like, just bowls that you could tell they ate something out of, just, like, stacked up on the coffee table from, like, who knows how many days. Yeah. And it's Mm-mm. like, no, no, put that in a sink. Like, Mm-mm. I don't mind clutter, but when it turns into that, yeah. Oh, no, no, I cannot deal with that. And I think that's yeah. for me. I know cleanliness is has always been a very, very important thing in a house. I have loosened the reins on that a bit over the years because I was driving myself crazy. Like I yeah. was just miserable. I was crying all the time. I was like, I hate you both. <laughs> Neither of you want to help around the house. You expect me to be your maid and blah, blah, blah. And you were just like, no, we don't. We just don't care that the house is not sparkling clean all the time like you do. Right. And I was like. All right. So it's not that you want me to like be the maid. It's just that no. your standards of what's acceptable cleanliness is different from mine. Yes. And we've made it work. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the consent thing. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So if you are in love with an inanimate object, oh, Jesus. do you still need consent from that object before you do anything like kiss it or something? And the <laughs> reason why I say this is because. <coughs> There is an article of a girl that's been in a five-year relationship with a Boeing 737-800. And uh, I'll bring those notes up. Jeff's wearing wow. a Boeing hat if, right now. If you would like, yeah. Yes. 
And by girl, Not an ad. And by girl, we mean boy. And by boy, we mean Jeff Faviano. Oh, oh. So while I'm bringing this up, you you said there was a guy with a video. So game sometimes character. I do feel like I'm in a relationship with a 737. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> all right. There. Well, there's been multiple stories of the, There was that TV show. I don't remember what it was called. Um. Because there was that girl yes. that my my strange addiction yeah, yeah where they had some people like this because there was that woman that was in love with a roller coaster I've seen that one uh, the, but the, uh, the grease and the gears that was like ten yeah. years I remember seeing this ten years ago and I found the article again it was even covered by CNN there was a man in Japan who married a video game character which video game character uh it I don't know the name is of the she character hot, um yeah but is she had though well, <laughs> I mean she, if you're into anime girls. Uh, but it was a DS game called Love Plus. <laughs> and I think I've it, seen it's a dating sim mm-hmm. from what I from what I've read. The article doesn't cover much. But my favorite thing is the quote where he says it's better than a human girlfriend. And he, he says she doesn't get angry if I'm late replying to her. Well, she gets angry, but she forgives me quickly. <laughs> she doesn't have a choice. Yes. She's, She's been programmed, programmed to say five that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is uh, Michelle, I believe you say Kolki, uh, from Berlin, Germany. It's probably way harsher than that, actually. She's 30 years old. She's been in a relationship with a Boeing 737-800, which she calls Darling, for five years. Um, yep, she can't get enough of the huge machine. Um, hey. <laughs> she says the 737-800. Now, there's some armchair pilots that like to say like, oh, that's sexy. That's 737-60. Could probably relate. <laughs> the 737-800 is very attractive and sexy to me. He's the most beautifully built, and he's a very attractive and elegant aircraft. So it's all about looks then. All about looks. Yep. Shallow bitch. Here we go. A relationship with a plane is not easy and at times difficult. I can only get close to him when I fly with him. Which doesn't make sense to me. It, so she's in love with just the, the airframe type, not a particular airplane. That's what I was curious about. Because if she's in love with a certain plane, then she would want only that plane. But if she goes to the airport and there's like 20 of them, is that like heaven to her? She's I, like, they're everywhere. I think that in a case like this where somebody is in love with an inanimate object, I don't think they're in love. I think that they're wired to be sexually engaged with an inanimate object. Yeah. I think she has like... Something in her brain that clicks. It's like when people see feet and they want to fuck them. I don't know. But <laughs> you're wired that way. I think she's wired to be turned on by airplanes, whatever the fuck happened to her in her past. I don't know. But I don't think she's... You, you cannot be in love with an inanimate object, especially when it's not even the same inanimate object. Yeah. She wants to marry her sweetheart and live with him in a hangar. It's just a special kind of love. It doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, she found her a different way to indulge her affection. So she has a big model of him made of fiberglass as well as real components from him so I can act out my love to some degree. Ew. And this came to the whole thing of, well, she's so she sleeps at night with a huge uh, fiberglass ver- like model, like airplane a, it, model. It's a five-foot-long model, correct? Yes, it's big. Yeah, and my argument was, okay, so if she's in love with the plane, which it sounds like she's more in love with the look of the plane than a actual plane, but I was arguing, isn't that cheating? Because if she's in love with the plane, that's a scale model. That's not the plane. That's, that's something why, else. That's why I think she's in love with just the airframe. Yeah. The well, seventh. It's like an infatuation of like, it's like, I like girls. So, okay. Every yeah. girl. 
<laughs> all. I'm in love with every. <laughs> I'm I am uh, married to every girl on the planet. That's kind of like what this is. But um, she says it's like a normal relationship. They have relaxing evenings together, and when they go to bed, they can cuddle and fall asleep together. Um, she says it was love at first flight. Ew. Aww, <laughs> that's so sweet. Ugh. You know, if, if that's she goes, I got so excited boarding the plane. I realized I'm in love with the 737-800. I think many, you know, 14 to 16 year old boys could say the same thing that falling up with aviation. They're like, I love this airplane. Except for usually with them, they're like, I, th- I mean, it's like that with cars and a lot of other stuff. You, you enjoy it. You really appreciate the object, but you're not like, yeah, I want to marry that. I want to sleep with a scale replica of it. Like, no, no one's, no one's doing that. No, no, no one who's like, man, I love Mustangs. I'm gonna go buy a Mustang, an RC Mustang car, so I can cuddle up at night with it. Like, no one's doing that. We don't know. Well, well, I feel like. Do you remember when you were a kid and you would get something new and like really cool, and you would like, like I remember yeah. I got these really cool shoes that I wanted forever. I was like five, and they lit up and everything when you ran. And uh, my, I won't, never mind. I have a story with those. But, no, you're fine. But I, I would sleep with them because I was like, these are so cool and awesome. And I'm so excited to have them. And so I like kept them on my bed. Yeah. It's almost like people who are in love with inanimate objects are stunted at like a childhood state. And it sticks with them. Yeah. Because I do remember like the, the number one thing in my childhood that I got was that remote control fire truck that I'd asking for forever. And then when I got it, I remember when I would go to bed at night, I would park it to where I could see it. And I'd be asleep. And I'd be like, okay, there it is right there. It's not going anywhere. In the morning, it's like, I get that. When you're at a young age like that, you'd be like, yeah, you, you probably love it. Like, you don't know what sex is. So you're just like, I'm not doing anything weird with it. I just love it. And yeah. I think that that just doesn't leave their brains. Yep. But, yeah. That, I mean, that would make sense because, yeah, that that is something that a lot of kids do. And our brains are hardwired the way they are. That's what makes us who we are. So some people, they some wires cross different paths and they come out as a you know what? that kind of way. Uh, this is something I really want to research. But I do you guys remember that uh, that talk show like Doctor Drew, whatever it was called, Love, Love Line. Love Line, yeah. yeah. I, I used to listen every night. Yes, yep. so did I. I loved Love Line, and I remember he said he said this so many times on the show because there would be people to call in and ask about problems, and he said at ten times out of ten, every time he's ever seen it, females who are adults who have higher pitched voices or like have like a baby voice. Their their voices are usually similar to the age at which they were abused. Abused. Yeah. If if a female's voice is stuck in a childlike state, it's because at whatever age that's around or whatever voice age that was around the age when they, you know, went through a traumatic whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. My voice is deep as hell. Maybe <laughs> I'm never gonna be traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to finish this whole story off, um, if you wanted to know her favorite part of, of <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, yes, please, is, what? is the wings? Uh, of course, yeah. The, I, I get immediately sweaty. Who palms. doesn't love wings? So she gets sweaty palms <laughs> and she gets excited when she tucks, touches his wings, which is like his wing things. So I, I, that's the. I mean, she's getting that emotion after five years. She's still feeling like that. That's a pretty damn good relationship. <laughs> 
I like penis, but after a couple weeks, I'm like, yeah, this is <laughs> it's the same penis. <laughs> but the inanimate objects. Strange. I think that that's probably the bottom line. I think that, you know, we can all relate to it when we're young and then we move on from it. They don't move on. From you know what, though? Like she said, it's not hurting anybody. It's no. weird. People say that about me, though. <laughs> a lot of shit that I'm into. I mean, at least you're not hurting anybody, but you're weird. Yes. So that's fine. Love a plane. Yep. Well, and yeah, I mean, even in adulthood, we all have things that we like, but I don't know about that. <laughs> she can do her thing, but I want to go ahead and move on to gaming news. Go okay. ahead. Yes. You, get, you guys excited for this? Media. There you go. Gaming news. Gaming news with? Davidpedia. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well. So some of the big news this week was uh, Shroud, who is a streamer, ex-MLG gamer. He's one of the biggest content creators on Twitch. Uh, as of last month, had 26,000 subs, peaked at around 90,000. He would pull in views of over 100,000 a stream, has left Twitch and moved over to Mixer. Ah, yikes. Yep. So that he's, like, he's the one who talks like really low. Yeah, he talks yeah. low. He's... Like compared to like with Ninja and Doctor Disrespect, he I I find him less entertaining. Yeah, but for the games, the man is raw talent. Like the yeah, he's, he's good at it. He's insane. Like he the he plays a lot of battle royale games. That's kind of where his his niche is. And uh, he was a professional uh, call or not Call of Duty um CS:GO player when he was uh, an MLG player. I think he played on Cloud Nine. Was it the team? Yeah, but. So the dude is his pure talent. So like his, he's not like doing crazy stuff. He's just like playing and watching, but he'll jump in a battle Royale game, which most people will get a handful of kills. He'll get 30. He'll wipe out a third to, to half of the field himself. It's, it's insane. So he moved over to mixer. So there's going to be more mixer shakeup. A lot of people are wondering who else behind the scenes is mixer making deals with. Cause they're, Apparently they're they're going for it. They're putting their feelers out and trying to pull up anyone big they can. If Doc leaves, that's like that's a big that's a big thing for Twitch to to lose. That it would be like okay, maybe some maybe the ship is going down. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to. He said he would not do it. I mean, he also has uninstalled Fortnite numerous times on yeah, stream and said he'll never play it again. <laughs> that's so true. and then he's back the next week with Fortnite. But no, yeah, if Doctor Disrespect jumps ship over to Mixer that's when I'm going to start being worried about Twitch because they've lost two of probably the top five streamers on their platform. So that's true. But also moving on, we had the wonderful um, opportunity to pay a monthly subscription <laughs> on fallout 76. This is so good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that game is just amazing. 16 and times the detail. <laughs> 16 <laughs> times the detail. So with that, Fallout 76 came out, and it was a disaster. Everything oh, yeah. they claimed about the game it just wasn't right. People said the graphics were outdated. It was... It is. It's an absolute abomination of a video game. When you see, like, it looks like you're playing an early access game that is a AAA title. It's a AAA title, but it feels like... I'm like... How did they take a game like this and put it on a console? And I see so many games that do that, and I'm like, this isn't ready for console. It, it felt very last gen. 
It felt mm-hmm. like it belonged on the previous generation of consoles. And a lot of people were hating on, they're like, well, they're using the same engine as the previous ones. That's why it looks so bad. Yeah. No, I mean, they can update engines. They can update graphics. The engine is not what's affecting the graphics. No. I mean, the graphical pipeline could have some limitations, but either way, it's just them being, I don't want to say lazy. No developer is lazy, but I think it was poor planning, poor execution on that. Graphics aside... I think Nicole can chime in because she played Fallout 4 more than any of us. Yes. And what made you not even want to go back to 70s or go to 76, even give it a shot? Uh, because I just quit on 4. I didn't even know. I don't even know what 76 is about or what's happening with it. But what did you quit on 4 for? I don't remember. It's been so long. Um, just repetitive grindiness? Like. <sighs> I'm trying to remember why I quit playing it because I was hard into it for a long time. Yeah. And then I think I just got to the point where I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I don't know because I think about it like that repetitive, grindy feeling. A lot of games I play have that. Borderlands has that. Yeah. You're doing the same. You just. Yep. It's the same thing. It's just I like the story better. Maybe I got uh-huh. lost in the story of uh, Fallout. So there was some problem with the game, though. I remember it being glitchy or something was happening, and I got pissed. I mean, it was a it, shit show. It was glitchy, and that's the thing. is When 76 came out, it was insanely glitchy. And also, it had its online aspect that you uh, you would just run into other people. It was always online. Right. You couldn't control who was in your world. So, circling back to this wonderful mm-hmm. subscription they're offering. It's $100 a year <laughs> or $13 a month. $13 a month for a single game that is, is what they are asking. Well, I mean, there's got to be some more to it. Well, here, let me pull up what they are offering. The big one is you, for the first time, you get private servers. Oh, I remember hearing about Yeah, the, the um, private server thing is that uh, you can have up to six or seven friends with you. Here we go. All right, so I actually got it up. Okay. So you get a That's private server for up to seven friends. You get... Extra storage space. You get um, bonus in-game coins that'll allow you, or six. You get sixteen thousand in-game currency, which is used for microtransactions. Do you get uh, a a, for for money back? You get a fast travel point you can put anywhere, and oh, an unlimited storage. So all this kind of sounds okay. A few things kind of irked people with this. One is that they're offering the microtransaction nonsense that no one wanted. So they're like, right. whatever, get that out of here. The other was unlimited storage. That angered a lot of people, a lot of the diehard players, because when the game came out, storage was limited. And that was the number one request from people was we want we need more storage. The game's too difficult because of the storage limitations. Right. And they came out and said... They couldn't increase it because of technical limitations. Oh, that is such a shitty move. So they said <laughs> it wasn't possible, but now it's behind a paywall. Yeah. And then with the private servers, everyone wanted to be able to just do a private session with them and their friends. Okay, great. They're offering it now behind a paywall, Yeah. except they have failed on both the private server and unlimited storage. It's been a disaster. People who oh, signed up no. day one found out that these private servers are not private. They are private among you and your friends list. Meaning if you're a, a like a content creator, just someone yeah. in general who accepts loads of friend invites. Say you have a, cause I know people who have hundreds of friends on like Xbox live. Yeah. 
there is no way to stop anyone on your friends list from just joining. They can literally just hop in your world whenever they want. If they have the subscription. No. If you have the subscription. That's what I said before. I said, why would I said that? price point makes sense if you can split it up between a bunch of friends if you have the subscription and they can jump in to play with you it makes sense for it to be a hundred dollars a year because everybody could pitch in together right i mean technically technically okay so here's the other thing though so they're not truly private they're also not dedicated oh it is not a persistent living server so i pay a hundred a year yeah it's peer-to-peer i pay a hundred a year i i'm like hey guys join my my server Blah, blah, blah. You come in. We're playing. I then leave for the day. You guys want to keep doing stuff? You can't. If I'm not online, you can't be there. Oh, it is peer-to-peer only, not dedicated. So that's where a lot of other people are mad because they're like so many games, including Minecraft, which it's way less. It's like $8, $10 a month for a, a private server on yeah. Minecraft, like through Microsoft. And that server is live 24-7. Doesn't matter. Your friends can play on it when you're not around. With Fallout, it's peer-to-peer. They have to connect when you're on. So a lot of people are mad about that. That sounds like a mess. The (laughs) other thing that is just, oh, the cherry on the top, Uh, the unlimited storage, there's massive reports that it is just eating people's items. People are dumping items in, and their items just disappear. So the unlimited unlimited storage isn't even working. So it's been a disaster for them. And oh, Bethesda. They're, I hope they can bounce back from that. And this is not good. No, it's no. not. And a lot of people are speculating that the price, the, it's at its price point because the game is losing, probably losing internal funding. Right. And that if they don't find a way to monetize, the teams are going to be let go and they're going to have to move on to the next project. So this is, this is a Hail Mary to get money in to continue to develop for the game, but it's failing horribly because just not only is it failing horribly, but it's smearing their name in the process. They should have just given up and started over and done something else rather than be like, Oh, we're circling the drain. Let's just go ahead and flush it. Flush it. <laughs> that's what that's they, what did, they did. did. Well, and that's where a lot of people like were giving them props. They were like, well, they didn't abandon the game. They didn't abandon the game. They should have abandoned it. Yeah. They should have came out and been like, we hear you guys. We're going to start the next one and do it right. Yeah. That's what they should have done, in my yep. opinion. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, man. I, when I see it on a console, I, I see what it has become. I go, how? How is this? Fallout has su- it has such good marketing behind it. That's the problem. It does, and it's got a cult following at this point oh, where God, you're yeah. going to have people yeah. who will. But... We when have the you, Fallout guys in our room. When you have a cult following and you play them like that, like, oh, we know we have diehard fans, so let's just see how much money we can take them for. Yeah, like, they, that's th- what they did, and that's terrible to me. And Nintendo is guilty of the same thing all the fucking time, and that's why I quit with yeah. Nintendo shit. They uh, refer to the, in, in the, within the industry now, they're using gambling terms, but uh, they refer to them as whales. They're the... The 1% of your diehards that will spend the money. And basically, everyone's accusing Bethesda of going whale hunting. They're like, we just need a certain percentage who are going to spend this money and we'll be able to, to sustain. But it's it's not good. Nope. So the the other thing. Oh, this is great. The, most of the news coming, most of the gaming news, I'll try and get through quickly from here on out, is just disaster stories. There's something in the water like stuff is not going good for companies. 
but uh, Ghost Recon Breaking Point by Ubisoft bombed <laughs> so bad that Ubisoft's year financially is wrecked, and they have delayed almost every game they have announced oh, for no. about a year. So that's a ripple effect. Oh yeah, it's failure. It, the CEO, or it was one of the the higher ups. I think it was the CEO came out and was like. We realized that there wasn't enough to make this game different, that we pushed it out too quickly before the last one, which is amazing because usually like the people, the higher ups, they don't acknowledge the failures. But he said because of that, they are delaying almost every one of their next game for the end or the second half of 2020 into 2021. So games that were supposed to be coming out at the beginning of the year are all being pushed to the second half. A lot of people think it's for the next set of consoles. Like, the, they're going to just play into that. And, you know, you release a shooter every year. If it's not different enough, no one's going to buy it. And that's what happened with Ghost of Recon. It was, it's so bad that the company is hurting. Um, Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Like, just give it up. Another <laughs> massive failure was Mario Kart Tour. Oh, God. It was downloaded <laughs> 90 million times in the first week. 90 million people downloaded it, that's including me. Yeah. Most people deleted it almost immediately. It it generated. Did, a did you? Did you delete yours? Oh yeah, I never even played it. Jesus. Because no, it was so mon- so heavily monetized. I didn't want to touch it, and it generated under eleven million dollars in that time frame. Ooh. Which it sounds like a lot of money, but in the industry, no, that's no, no. a massive failure. So yeah, Mario Kart is bombing. That bombed. Um. This isn't so much a failure, but uh, Google Stadia, the new streaming service is coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't ordered it, you're not getting one sold out. The Founders Edition, you're not going to be able to get it. So when the service launches, you're not playing. So you're going to... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what, yeah, what, what is this? Google okay. Stadia? Google Stadia is Google's new cloud gaming service. So it's going to launch with like 31 AAA titles, including Destiny 2. Okay. And all you need is a controller and a approved device. So they're selling a package deal, which is the Founders Edition, which comes with a controller and a Chromecast Ultra. Oh, okay. And then with this, you can then play like Destiny 2 and like all these other AAA games on your TV. No hardware. It just streams it. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, I have heard about that style. Of- yes. Okay. Gotcha. So Google's getting into that. Their starter pack is sold out. And they don't know when they're going to be able to get them back in stock. So a lot of people that were excited for it, unless you own a Google approved device already and you don't plan on playing with a controller, you're just not going to be able to play until they come back in stock. I mean, that's a that's a win for Google. Oh, no. Yeah, that that is a win. It's a loss for people that held off and they were like, well, I want to check it out and see how it is before I buy. Yeah. Well, now, if you decide you want it, it's there's going to be scarcity. Okay. And it's not a subscription service, though. You, you will have to buy games. Uh, so a lot of people were confused. They thought it was like going to be like Game Pay Pass or, or PlayStation yeah. Now. Uh, but that is not the case. So you'll still buy games. But once you have the hardware, like you're apparently set for life. You just need a streaming device and you're good. You don't need a gaming PC. You don't need nothing. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's like what the, what the Oculus Quest is. Well, that depending on play. what games get approved to be pushed through there i mean there could still be games you want to play that they don't yes get the rights to 
And then uh, we can go ahead and wrap up gaming news with The Last of Us Part 2, which I am super excited for. Loved the first one. Got delayed from February 21st to May 29th. The uh, developers, Naughty Dog, said that they could not bring it up to the level that they expect out of their own games, so they needed more time. Which, this is the second big studio to come out in about a month that has done a delay like that. And I think good for them. Because, yeah, I think more studios need to be willing to delay a game to make sure it's right. Yeah. Which no, I, I think that that should always go that way. But, it, I mean, we live in an early access world yep. in, in the gaming industry. Well, moving on from gaming news, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I don't think any of us have seen it yet, but uh, The Joker is like insane. It, it oh, became the top um, grossing movie. It's crushing it. Ever. Which is cra- I I really wanted ever. to see it. I do not go to movies on opening weekends. I don't do yeah, it. I no, won't do no. it. I can't do it. It's not worth it. But I do really, really, really want to see this movie. And it is the top grossing rated R movie. Um of all time. Of all time. Ever. And there was something. Hang on. Let me pull it up. Sorry. That's what I was trying to pull up when. Uh, oh, you're fine. When you brought this up is the link to actually 2019 has given the top grossing movies of all time in every age category. Uh, PG, PG-13. Um, so there's more people going to the movies? Probably. I th- Maybe, but also, yeah, okay, so The Joker became the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time worldwide, 785.5 million, surpassing uh, Deadpool 2 was previously the... uh, The winner. Yep. Damn, I was trying to find the... uh, Okay, so for G-rating... 2019 had the highest with to, or for G-rated movies. Toy Story 4, highest grossing G-rated Which we movie. Saw recently. It was, it was, it was really good. so good. Wait, that was G? Mm-hmm. Wait. We just saw Toy Story 4. We did just see it. Yeah. What the hell happened in there? It was on Amazon. I know. We were like, wow, it's already out. Remember, the, it was Forky? Yeah, Forky. Oh, yeah, Forky. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember now. <laughs> All right, for PG, The Lion King brought Real in. good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Despite the PG 13 Avengers Endgame. Okay. I've seen all of these so far. And R rated was the Joker. And it says uh, NC 17 is the other rating, Mm -hmm. still held by Showgirls. That's because almost no movie will, most theaters won't touch an NC 17 film. Mm. Like maybe in the 90s, I guess when that came out. Was that the 90s? Yeah. They maybe were more willing then, but in today's world, no theater will touch an NC-17 rating. Well, that makes me really happy that uh, these movies are doing so well. It, to me, it is a little scary because I like working in a movie theater for so long and they tell you this kind of stuff. But it is true. Movie theaters survived through like depressions, through every economic crisis. People will still go see movies. Oh, yeah. they, they actually thrive when the economy is hurting because most people are more reserved with their money. So instead of going on vacation, they're more willing to go be like, well, let's, do let's take local. the kids and the family and we'll go to the movies. Yep. And they'll go actually more than they normally would during a time like that because 
yeah, they're not saving up to go on a trip or something. Which, see, kind of concerns me that this year we had all four of, you know, we had four of the top grossing movies for every category. I wonder total for 2019 how much money was spent in movie theaters. I bet it was pretty astronomical. Granted, we have had some really good movies come out this uh, year. It's like really good and, movies. And all those movies are were, I mean, I haven't seen The Joker, but the others, they were great movies. Yes. So I think it's a mixture of Hollywood, it final like they there's weird points in Hollywood where they master the current form of filmmaking and then the movies are amazing and then new technology comes out and they got to kind of like figure out how yes. to use it. And I think we're at that point where they ha- are, have mastered the technology, the new CGI, exists. the way to do it. And the movies are just so good. Yes. So good. that's a good point. Anyway, uh, and all of the scary, we're going to have a scary movie night, you and I, Ooh. because I told you scary stories. Yes. To tell in the dark. It's that, on Amazon yeah, now. Yeah, that came out fast. Annabelle home, uh, comes home. I haven't finished it because I didn't want to finish it by myself. So we're going to have a scary movie. Uh, yes. A little extravaganza, which I'm super pumped. You guys can do that, and I'm going to talk to myself and play video games. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> it's about right. All right. Uh, what? Uh, you had you had that um, that uh, the, the brewery syndrome I yeah. was really so really I learned about, about this. That. It was actually in Apple News, if you can believe that or not. Auto brewery <laughs> syndrome is something that uh, is being investigated. Uh, it's bit, I mean, it's clinically proven. People do have this. But basically what happens is your body turns, not yours, but it, this happens in people who have had a... Um, a lot of antibiotics in their life. It can mess up the natural bacteria and fungi that uh, just occur naturally in your your gastrointestinal tract. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it causes your body to start to turn carbohydrates into ethanol. Literally, your stomach becomes a brewery and you can get drunk off of bread. Uh, and wow. th- they found this out because people were getting pulled over for DUI, you know, for DUIs. Yeah. And three people so far have gotten DUIs that have clinically been proven to have this syndrome. They were not under the influence of alcohol at all, but they would be when they would take a breathalyzer, they would blow over point two. Jeez. Wow. Which is insane. So now are they does it affect them the same as alcohol? Like, are yes. they drunk? Yes, they will be slurred speech, falling over, like, and I, the one guy, um, he became disabled from it because he he was you like, would, yeah, yeah. So or his stop eating bread. his wife said she didn't believe that he was not an alcoholic. She's like, he's, he's secretly an alcoholic. Yeah. She said she hid cameras in the house, and she goes, I would watch him be at home playing video games about halfway through the day, you could see it progress where it started looking like he was shit faced and he would start stumbling over. He would get sick. He would like, it just, it couldn't function. She's like, and it would be heaven forbid he had pizza. Like that would, she's like, he would just be fucked up. And I was like, that is nuts. Oh, it's like a new kind of like uh, celiac disease. Like you can't have bread, but what, gluten. well, but what's funny to me is it's not something people have, is so far nothing that anybody's been proven to be born with. It's a result of antibiotics over the years. So mm. basically med- uh, a side effect of too much medication. I think it's funny that no one's ever brought up the side effect of antibiotics and things like that 
But we have this huge battle against vaccinations, yeah. which hasn't. Anyway, I, I won't get into. Right, I don't right, want right. to have a fight with an anti-vaxxer today. <laughs> I'm just be chill. But anyway, it, it's funny that that's as a result of antibiotics over the years. And antibiotics have been around so long. It has taken this long to show that serious, you know, that severe of a side effect from that. That's why I'm saying like with vaping, we were talking about earlier, like, yeah. yeah and, and now, you know, there've been these deaths and everything. It's like, we could not find out until a hundred years from now, like exactly what the effects of vaping are. Yeah. There's just yeah. no way. I'm hell. I mean, until medicine progresses and you figure it out, but we were talking about that. Like I, I quit and I don't feel any different, but I was, I was using a very, very low amount of nicotine but you used it to quit cigarettes. That's yeah. different than me just picking it up. That's why or I said I, I completely up. am on board with you guys quitting vaping. I think that's really good. And I've over the years cut back and also cut back on nicotine. But I was a smoker and I know what happens. I Like if I forget my vape and we go on vacation, yeah. the first place I stop when we get off the plane is to pick up cigarettes at a gas station because I. I'm like, first of all, I just got off of a flight. I'm anxious. I'm hungry. I'm like in a new place. I would like a cigarette or I would like nicotine. So, yeah. yeah. And I physically can tell the difference in my, um, like my chest and my breathing and everything between when I smoke and when I vape. And that's all I, that's really all the proof I need for me eventually. Yeah, of course. I think obviously not smoking anything is better for you than, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm not like, oh, vaping is so healthy. I'm so health yes. conscious. I'm um, like, no. it's better for me than smoking cigarettes. And I know that because not I know according the way to I smokers, feel. They're like, God damn vapes, putting them chemicals in your body. It's yeah, like, whatever. what the hell you think you're doing smoking <laughs> formaldehyde? Formaldehyde. Formal Four of them. Four Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Cyanide. Tar. Oh, God. Remember that one? That was Antifreeze. Always, that was thrown down. Antifreeze. Here. The anti smoking uh, yeah. campaigns were always tar. You just want tar. You see that road tar on the ground? That's in your lungs, tar. It's like, it takes a while for that tar buildup, but man, go see Body Worlds. Oh, no, thank you. Go uh, see Body Worlds and you'll see like actual lungs that well, the difference between the two. It's like crazy. Any new thing that comes out like vaping is relatively new. It's been around for a while. Yes. But in the history of it, it's more new than like cigarettes. So we essentially as human beings living on this planet, we are studies. We yeah. are creating our own studies. It's going to take time and we're participating in it willingly it'd be nice if we got paid to do it I'd, I'd like to be paid to vape so that they can study the effects of it later but whatever we are human studies think of back in the 40s or fuck way later than the 40s the 70s people were still smoking inside yeah. what airports and like and no, hospitals and airplanes. airplanes people smoked on airplanes right. and those are recirculating fans that bring that in goes through the system and shoots it out again so everybody was just like hot boxing planes in the seventies. But people did that. They sm It was common to smoke in your house, oh, yeah. smoke everywhere. No. And now it's like, like our generation, we look at that and we're like, like clearly, obviously, you don't even smoke within fifty feet of a hospital. Like we yeah. know, well, you know. And question: When you were a kid, were there still smoking sections in most restaurants? Yeah. Okay. Because mm -hmm. that I remember is. Clear as clear as day, I remember we would go out to eat and there would be 
first thing they asked, smoking or non. Yep. And there would be the divide, even though the smoke would blow over half the time. Yep. And it's just, if I saw that today, it would just feel weird. Well, what's funny to me is, like, I grew, I grew up the second half of my life in a small town, very small town. If you go there today, you will get the same question. At least half of the restaurants there have a smoking section. Yeah, they because do. that's the my family is full of smokers, and that's the only place they'll go to eat. County which sucks ordinance. because I don't like like the smell of cigarette smoke makes me almost completely lose my appetite. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's a place like Hot Shots, because their ventilation is top notch, and it, the place doesn't just smell like an ashtray. That's true. I don't mind cigarette smoke in a bar though. Like if I'm going there to drink. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. But if I'm going somewhere to have a meal, I'm like, I don't want a cloud of smoke in my face. What's so strange is that, like, you'll go into a place like that and there's so much cigarette smoke in there that when you blow a vape out, they just get so upset about it, like, no, clouding up. It's like, this is, you're doing the same thing. But I don't know what it is. Like, I always had an issue with that. It's like, I can't do that. I can't just be, I couldn't just, like, vape and just go, in front of, for everybody to see but smokers will do that they won't even think two seconds they'll be like they'll take a dragon let's go putting it out in the ashtray or whatever and everybody I, just gets it. i'm gonna disagree with that i think that equal um, i've seen equally the amount of people who smoke try to be discreet about it and yeah. people who vape try to be discreet about it I personally feel like I've seen more douchey vapors than douchey smokers. Oh, thousand percent. Um, maybe when I like started college and like I remember there were smoking areas on campus, and vaping was not a thing. Like I, ne- I don't, I'd never seen a vapor heard of it ever no. or an e-cigarette. But I remember people on campus would be, they were really obnoxious about blowing their cigarette smoke everywhere, and that was super annoying. But. Now that like smoking has become this smoking has become like people fucking frown at you if they see you with a cigarette. Like you feel the judgment if you're smoking an actual analog cigarette now. (laughs) (laughs) So they give you dirty looks. So I feel like cigarette smokers are more discreet where vapors are like. Loud and proud. What? It's just just vapor. It's not going to hurt you. It's like, okay, but get your fucking clouds out of my face. Yeah, I don't want to smell cotton candy while I'm eating my spaghetti and meatballs. (laughs) My spaghetti and meatballs. (laughs) (coughs) However, I will say, um, while I've enjoyed both cigarettes and e-cigarettes, I noticed like like Jeff's family is full of smokers as well. We stayed with his mom for a few weeks while we were um, st- in St. Louis. And I don't think she was smoking in the house while we were there. But I didn't realize how much cigarette smoke had soaked into the house until we had done our laundry there before we left, washed all of our clothes. I repacked the suitcase. I was like, good, we're going home with clean clothes. I opened up the suitcase when I got here, and it was like somebody blew an ashtray in my face. I was like, holy shit, did it smell like cigarettes in that house? I didn't even notice, but when I opened up my suitcase, it was just so... Oh, are you timing me out? Is this like the the Oscars? No, it's fine. Okay. Anyway, so I still hold my ground that I prefer vapes over cigarettes, even though some of the the crew of them are douchey, which I think is only because younger children are able to get a hold of them, which is something else entirely. I hate kids. So <laughs> it, the lack of social aspect is what's causing that. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. All right, guys. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Roommates Roommates Podcast. Uh, we will not be here for Monday, but Dave will be here. Yep. Oh, so you're going to get an hour and a half of gaming news? Yep. Live on YouTube. Live on YouTube only. We had to make a decision, and it's time to make that decision. So it is what it is. Yep. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye.